Hello and welcome to the Rugby Dungeon. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Today's Rugby Dungeon is going to be different, a completely different format. Instead of me interviewing someone or on egg chasers, say me, Tim and Phil talking at you continuously, I thought it'd be interesting to open it up to our listeners Mostly because there's been a little bit of controversy in rugby this week, namely Israel Falau. Now, if you're listening to this, you'll have seen the title of this podcast, that's if I ever release it, and you'll know that Israel Falau has been sacked by the Australian Rugby Union. Well, he's not been, been sacked yet, their intention is to sack him. What's his crime? Well, his crime is having a religious belief. Now, there's obviously more to this than meets the eye, and that's why I want to invite listeners on who have you know, clashed with me on Twitter to get a different perspective because there's one thing that you might have picked up from listening to my podcast over the year. I very rarely move on subjects. So it'll be good to um good to talk to people with the opposing point of view. And if this sort of format's successful, goodness knows where it might lead. We might do more depending on what controversy c- comes up next week, the week after, and so on. So here we go. Okay, so first up is Paul Topham. Paul, how are you? I'm very well, JV. How are you? I'm very well. Uh, first of all, thank you for doing this. Uh, I'm going to start off with a quick, uh, a quick, easy question. You still playing rugby? Uh, who, uh, or if not, who, who are you supporting at the moment? Uh, I haven't played for quite some time. Uh, I am that most loathsome of rugby supporter, an English Saracens fan. <laughs> Nothing wrong with Saracens fans, although uh, did you see the press release that the Premiership put out last night? The, the, the slight oversight. Oh, the slight oversight. It always starts with a slight oversight. It does, but when you think about it, the two clubs who have been found to have been actually in breach in the last couple of years, Saras, uh, Quinns and Wasps, both cited slight oversights in, for the reasons why they did it, which is quite amusing. Yeah, well, we'll see how that one that one develops. But at the <laughs> moment, as far as I'm concerned, Saracens are in the clear until something else is proven. Absolutely. Now, someone who's not in the clear, Izzy Falau. You've obviously been paying paying attention to this story, so why don't you tell me what you feel on this? Um, I think his comments were ill-advised, if they were advised at all. He's obviously been warned about it previously from both the uh, ARU and New South Wales Rugby Union. He's entitled to an opinion. Mm-hmm. You know, let's be clear about that. Um, he's. I don't believe he's having his speech suppressed. He's free to, to, to write whatever he wants to do. But if that is not compatible with your employer or sponsor or, or whoever else you've entered into a contract with, then I think that what we've seen today is an inevitable outcome. I do agree. I think it's completely inevitable. And let's, I think it's also important just to point out where we do agree here, which is what Israel Flau has said it's pretty abhorrent, actually. It, you know, it's not a nice thing by by anyone's standard. I guess the real question is: Did he deserve to lose his job? If well, if if I had a contract with him and I was paying him for his services, and I had an explicit clause in that contract that said any values that you hold, which we deem to be unacceptable or not aligned with our own, will result in a termination of contract. So. If that exists, then I say yes, it's, it's fair enough. Mm. Especially as he has clearly been given a, a warning about this. Yeah, now I I can't speak for Israel Falau. I don't know the guy. I don't know what he was thinking at the time. But there is some speculation at the moment that one of the reasons he did post it is because of the ARU's policy on transgender athletes. Now I saw that tweet. Yeah. Yes, did, 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 did you see that? Does, 
does the fact that the ARU believe it has the rights to dictate, you know, values to players, but not vice versa, does does that have any effect on on your poll? I, I depend. I, I guess it depends on on the kind of manner under which the ARU are expressing themselves. Yeah. If it's under a banner of inclusivity, and you know, I think we all or we both agree that rugby is one of, if not you know, the widely considered to be most inclusive sport, then I think, yeah, it's right. If, if, if the ARU wants to broaden its umbrella so that as many different people as possible can take shelter underneath it, then I think that's fine. Yeah. I tend to, I tend to agree with that. Do you think that there is, a, there is an issue, though, with the fact that Israel Folau has basically come under pressure because he's got Christian beliefs... And basically, the mob wants them out. It's not a fact, not really the fact that the ARU are particularly upset by it. It's the fact that the social media response has been so massive. There's an element of it, JB. I'll be honest. But what I saw last night is not what I would categorise as mob uh, as a mob rule response. I thought that a lot of the takes I was reading were fairly measured, considering mm. the fairly inflammatory nature of what we were discussing. I think that it's not so much his Christian belief that I was seeing him being pilloried for. It was the fact, and and this is certainly my opinion, that he is extremely hypocritical in how he espouses those beliefs. And more importantly, how he chooses what parts of the Bible he will adhere to and which parts he will speak out against. Um, So, you know, it's been widely documented that if you pick and choose certain sections of the Bible, tattoos are not allowed you cannot wear a garment cut from two different cloths. So any of his playing kits would fall under that category. Has he ever taken payment for playing on the Sabbath? That's frowned upon. So he's, he's happy to go with some of the Bible, and it seems that he's happy to ignore other parts of it as fits his agenda. And do you think the ARU have a right to dictate to Israel Folau exactly which parts of the Bible he is allowed to talk about, though? Um. Well, insofar as the parts he has openly spoken about, yes, where they yeah. don't align with their purpose, exactly. uh, sorry, their belief, then yeah, I think that's fair enough. You call someone out on it. You know, let's be clear. I think he he's shown intolerance, and I don't think that that's the kind of image that any professional body would want to to, to align with. Why do you think it is for the professional body to align with anyone? What would be wrong with the ARU saying? Look, we have done X, Y, Z, and we fully support the gay community. However, Israel Folau is Israel Folau, and his personal religious beliefs are his. They do not reflect our beliefs. What would be wrong with that? Uh, I think in one way it comes down to the fact that you're talking about a team member, and he's part of a wider body, you know, in terms of the Wallabies, um, you know, if he was an individual sportsman, like a, a golfer or a tennis player, where he's not beholden to a, a wider body, then I think it would simply come down to sponsors. You know, if you consider that absolute sham of a press conference that Tiger Woods had to sit through 10 years ago where he was apologising <laughs> for his behaviour, that was pure sponsor pressure. And, you know, that wasn't a company that he works for. It was an association. So, yeah, I think it's, I think it's fair that the ARU in this instance are are right to apply pressure on what effectively is an employee. Hmm. Um, if Israel Folau 
was to show up in North London wearing black and red. <laughs> would you be protesting against it, Paul? Um, do you know what, JB? I honestly would. Really? I, I, I honestly would. I would not be happy that Saracens, if that's who we're talking about, uh, would would take on board a player who is shown to be that intolerant towards a, a section of the society we live in. I, I just honestly do not think there's any place for it. Excellent. Well, Paul, thank you very, thank you very much for calling in. Uh, I hope, you know, I hope we showed a different opinion to the one w- to, to to the one to the one, one which I hold. And uh, if we do this again, I'd I'd, uh, I'd very much like to have you on again. Lovely. I'd love to, JB. Thank you very much. Cheers, Paul. Thanks a lot. Take care. Bye. Okay, I think we made a little bit of progress there. Let's uh, move on now to our second caller, Will. Will, how are you? I'm well, thank you, mate. How are you? I'm very well. And again, thank you so much for joining us this evening. I, I, I don't know what I'm currently keeping you from. <laughs> I'm just waiting to go to the gym, and honestly, nothing uh, too important. Guns? Guns or leg day? Uh, it's actually uh, it's pecs, I'm afraid, today. As long as it's, it's, a, it's a T-shirt workout, you're fine. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Something's just around the corner, so I've got to keep, uh, got to keep trim. Now, uh, before we get into any serious stuff, uh, just let me know: Are you still playing? Are you support, or are you just supporting a team? Um, I am playing at university, but I'm probably at the point of retiring just through, uh, funnily enough, through concussion. Um, oh, really? Yeah, just just a few too many, uh, a few too many stupid tackles, uh, essentially. When was your last concussion? Um, it was about three weeks ago. Uh, in my last season, I've had about five of them. I would say. Goodness me! And yeah, so I've been, I've been told politely by a doctor that I should uh, cease and desist. I would probably agree with that doctor, actually. <laughs> yeah, I, I have. Uh, I have decided that's probably the uh, the best move. Well, I am very, very sorry to hear that. Um, well, that's quite all right. What I would like to hear, though, are your views on the Israel's Israel Falau situation. So, give me your take. Well. It is a remarkably tricky situation um, in terms of the fact that it's a very fine line between stopping someone from expressing their views but also ensuring that their views aren't affecting someone else in terms of free speech. Um, I do completely understand uh, your point of view and I can see where you're coming from. And it's nice to have someone from that side who is expressing themselves quite as eloquently. Mm. Um, one point I did pick up on was the idea that you put forward that um, you shouldn't stop someone from expressing their genuine self without fear of physical or legal oppression. Yes. Um, one point I had on that was this idea that as he is in such a position of potential idolization by kids, I worry slightly that him saying that could cause some kind of oppression towards people who are potentially, say, a younger person under the age of 16, 18, whatever it is, who is gay and hasn't yet come out, and they see someone that they potentially idolize saying that, and they take that as a point of event that perhaps their sexuality isn't valid. I think there's some logic to that. I do. Uh, I mean, I guess your point here would be that, you know, you're worried that someone who's a little bit uh, insecure in themselves reads that, and it sort of backs up their their own negative self-image to start with. Yes, yeah, exactly. It could reinforce a potentially negative concept someone has of themselves if they see someone that they massively respect. Uh, if they see someone that they respect enormously saying that, it might delegitimise how they think they feel. Do you think there is a good argument, though, to say, OK, well, Israel Folau has said this, but actually look at all the other people in rugby who have said the opposite. You know, if I was uh, struggling with my, with my sexuality, I might find Israel Folau's views very unsettling indeed. But equally, I might find the support 
from people like Joe Marler, from people like James Haskell, to be of great comfort. And I actually might think, okay, well, that's one guy, but look at all the other people. Absolutely. And I do think it's a, it's a wholly positive response that he's had. Because I don't think there's anyone that's really saying he has a point outside of people who share his political views. And I think there's been a massive outpouring from the rugby community that is wholly positive towards um, people who are homosexual. And I think that's one of the good outcomes, but equally he didn't necessarily think of that when he said it. And I do, I do worry slightly about that element of it. Yeah, you're worried more about his motive. That is the other thing, is I do wonder to some extent is... Is he just a little bit, a little bit homophobic? And I, this is all hearsay, and none of it is in any way provable. But could it be potentially that he's using his religion as a way of picking and choosing the things that he is scared of, and finding ways to legitimise them? Well, I mean, that's a good point. Uh, my previous caller said exactly the same thing, which is he's just picking and choosing what he wants from the Bible. I'm not particularly comfortable with telling people, you know, which parts they are allowed to believe in. I don't think it's. It's my role. No, no, yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, faith is an entirely personal thing, and you can't tell someone which bits they can take uh, personal validation from. Do you think? There's, do you think there's any value in having someone like Israel Folau out there who says this thing, this sort of thing, purely because otherwise we would not have had this discussion? And actually, mm. you know, the actual support which is out there for gay people in rugby, I just don't think would have would have come out and come out so strongly. No, and that is an entirely valid point, is the fact that the response has been, I think anyone would say, really heartwarming to see. It's really nice to see people like Joe Marler coming out with their support. And that is great. It, is, it doesn't necessarily affect what he what he said. But it, it's more of a um, an accidental uh, occurrence that's come about. He didn't really do it with that in mind. His intentions were, whatever his intentions were when he decided to publish it. And that is entirely down to him and his decisions because he made the decision to publish his opinions rather than keeping them to himself. Do you think there's an element of disproportionate action here, though? Because if I am a gay man reading that, I could well, or, uh, or a gay woman, I could well be upset. But the facts are, we've taken away, I say we as a rugby community, we've taken away... Israel Folau's livelihood now. We've taken away his means to provide for his, for his children. He certainly can't go and play international rugby, which is where the real money is. You know, if he wants to play rugby, presumably he's got roots, presumably his church is very important to him, he's going to have to move abroad. Uh, and, you know, particularly someone from his background, being from, um, being, being from one of the islands, religion is very, very important. Is it fair to make him choose? I, it's, it's a really, and again, it comes down to this, the old argument of free speech versus uh, hate speech and where do you draw the line as to what can be said under the guise of free speech and what can't be. And I don't think that anyone should be able to stop him from saying what he wants outside of obviously objectionably, you know, horrible things. Yes. But I'm, I'm, I think it's purely from a business standpoint for me, from Rugby Australia's point of view, they must know that him saying that would potentially push away an awful lot of people, which I think is part of the reason why they've cancelled his contract. I do think it came somewhat out of nowhere. Um, I'm aware he had one warning before, but it does seem like it's almost like they're trying to, as, as you pointed out in a couple of your tweets, it's a little bit a case of them appealing to the masses and trying to show that they're taking a strong standpoint. I do think he's fallen on the sword in that regard. 
Mm. Quite a bit. But do you think it's fair that the ARU, or any governing body for that matter, makes someone choose between their religious beliefs or, you know, or uh, having a living, having a job? And I do agree with your point, however, I do think to some extent he's not necessarily being asked to choose between his religion. Mm-hmm. He's being asked to choose rather than not to broadcast it quite so publicly. Yeah. Now, there is, um, you know, there's a certain amount of common sense here, isn't there? And I wonder how much of this lands on the doorstep of Israel Folau's agent or whoever is in charge of making sure he doesn't do these things. Although I, I'm not entirely sure... Um, you know how controllable is um, uh, Israel, Israel Falau is. You would have hoped, wouldn't you, that someone would have got hold of him and said, "Israel, please do not tweet this." You know, from yeah. from yeah. his camp. But are you comfortable? I, I mean, I'll, I'll just go back to this example I used on on Twitter. In the U.S. Navy, in fact, all the U.S. forces they had a "Don't tell," sorry, "Don't ask, don't tell" rule for, for gay people. Is this not exactly the same thing? Which is Israel? You can believe anything that you want. Just don't say it. I do see your point. However, I think the content of what he's being asked not to say is slightly different to the Navy rules, where in the Navy, it's someone's sexuality, where they're being asked not to, um, they're being asked not to tell people that they are gay. Whereas in Israel Flowers' case, it's slightly different insofar as he knows that what he's doing could be harmful to some people, and he's choosing to do it anyway. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think we can both agree that uh, it wasn't particularly wise. Whether whether we whether we agree that he should have lost his job, I think is still up up in the air. But ultimately, will uh, thank you very very much for calling in. I, re- I really appreciate it. Thank you very much for actually allowing like genuine uh, discussion to happen over it, and not just loads of people slinging mud over Twitter. Well, that's what Twitter's for. If if, if Twitter <laughs> wasn't like that, I would have logged off ages ago. This is true. This is true. I imagine Tim is uh, spinning in his chair at the moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, quite. Uh, yeah, if we do this again, uh, I'll, uh, I'll make sure to drop your line. Absolutely. Thank you so much, mate. Cheers, Will. Cheers. Enjoy the rest of your night. Oh, cheers. OK, I think that went rather well. Um, the next caller is Charles. Charles, how are you? I'm very well, JB. How are you? Very well, thank you. Charles, where are you calling in from? Uh, London. Southwest London. Southwest so, London. Yeah. Harlequins or some some such nonsense. Yeah, that's right. Live in Southwest London, work in Richmond, big Queens fan. I'll be there on Saturday to hopefully watch them beat Saints. Exactly. Well, well, you didn't do so well against Sale Sharks this week, did you? Oh, I know. What is it about Quinns playing Sale on a Friday night? We always play on a Friday night, and you guys are unbeatable on a Friday night. It's something, well, about, the, oh, something about the long trip up on a Friday during the week. It's horrible. Well, we were unbeatable until Danny Kerr took Faf de Klerk apart last year, which is rather embarrassing. Yeah, and then Faf got him back on the weekend with that ridiculous tackle across the try line. Exactly, and you're, uh, only, and you're only as good as your last game. I know, I know. Well, look, I live near Clapham Junction, so before the game this Saturday, I'm going to pop into the uh, into the uh, party shop and pick up some blood capsules. You know, <laughs> as, a, as a sort of a as a ten year anniversary present. <laughs> yeah, it's funny you mention that because Tom Williams is all over the press. Well, I say all over the press. He's done one interview at least. Uh, I didn't even realise uh, he was still at Harlequins, but he is. Well, he's just left. I think he's uh, he was doing um, sort of academy coaching, and now he's moved to sort of sort of life coaching, mentoring, and that sort of thing. So still sort of coaching, but I think he's kind of being like a motivation speaker to sort of you know I've I've had this experience in my life. I've overcome adversity. I can now help others. So, but he's uh, yeah. So he's done the BBC podcast with Ugo and Danny, and then he's done the Sky Sports one with Will Greenwood, which I haven't listened to. 
Excellent. <laughs> look at your look at your podcast knowledge. So, um, uh, so ob- obviously, there are, there are so, sorry, much better podcasts out there, JP. <laughs> exactly. So, obviously, yeah. the, the the burning topic of, of today is Israel Flau. Give me your take on that. Yes, I mean, I, 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 I've kind of gone up and down. My, I mean, first of all, I first and foremost, I think what he um, what he says. I mean, I'm an atheist, so I think all that sort of stuff is, is kind of nonsense anyway. But you know, everyone's entitled to their, uh, uh, you know, to, to their opinions and their beliefs, and, and you know, and that, that's absolutely fine. I still think he's entitled to his uh, beliefs, and I think everybody, you know, can say what they want when they want, and. Freedom of speech is, is is very very important. I think it's one of the last of the bastions of, of the kind of civilization. Yeah. Um, but I also so he's entitled to say what he wants, and he 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 shouldn't have to apologise because I, I don't know if he will. But even if he does, I think that would be weak. You know, if that's what he thinks, then he needs to stand by it, and and, and he 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 can do that. I also think that the Australian Rugby Union and is it, is it the Waratahs? Yes, Waratahs, yeah, Waratahs? that's where he is. I, you know, they also have a right to do what they do. So Izzy is allowed to control what he does. He hasn't broken the law. He hasn't directly sort of actively hurt someone. You know, it's just words. In fact, it's not even words. It's just a picture of words, you know. So I think he's allowed to do what he wants. He's not going to jail. He hasn't broken the law. Um, He's given an opinion. Um, So that's that. I also think, yeah, as I said, I think Rugby Australia are also allowed to do what they want to do. So they have rules of which they abide by. And as an employee of that company, you have certain rules to abide by. It's not the government. It's a profit. It's a profit making organization. They make commercial decisions. I don't know if I have shareholders, but I dare say there are people, you know, you know, there'll be a board that, that, you know, that that sort of attitude will affect affect their uh, money making ability from a commercial point of view. They have people which they have to please. Um, now, they've got rid of him because they think it affects their PR. If, is that right? Is that wrong? I, I would assume it's right. Yeah. But they are allowed to do that. And, and I was thinking, I, 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 run a, I run a company. It's a small company. Um, it's a finance company. Someone came up to me and said, um, I think you're, I don't know if I'm allowed to swear here, but let's say I think you're an effing a-hole mm-hmm. and I hate, I hate your children and they should go to hell. Um, as an owner of a private organisation, should I, am I allowed to sack that person? I mean, that employee gave their opinion. They're allowed to give that opinion. Um, they're not going to jail. You know, am I am I rightfully going to be sacking them? Of course I am. So, you know, I'm allowed to do that because it's my company. They have crossed a, a, a trust threshold. And I don't want those people working for my organization that have those views that make, make things look bad. So I think the Australian rugby just kind of said, you know what? He hasn't broken the law, but we don't want that type of person working for us. That's that's the way I see it. Yeah, I mean, just so he should. It's gone. Yeah, just, he just, shouldn't apologise. It's yeah. his opinion, and they they've dealt with it. So they're both looking after each other. So I, I see it as black and white as that. Yeah, I I do actually think reading more about it, Israel Falau posted this knowing exactly what was going to happen. I, I am sure of that. I think that communications between him and the Australian Rugby Union have broken down somewhat on what the values are, both at the ARU um, and Israel Flower said, right, well, fine, the more important thing for, for me is his religion. I guess he shouldn't have had to make that choice. But just going back to what you said to start with, you know, you're an atheist, I'm an atheist too. Um, yeah. 
I just find the outrage towards this this statement particularly peculiar, particularly if you're not religious, because then it doesn't really matter, does it? Well, actually, you, I, you, I, I, I tweeted you yesterday, JP. You replied, I said, nothing makes me laugh more than the, seeing an atheist threatened with going to hell. So the, the irony of that, or the, the, the paradox in that, I thought it was quite fun. Yeah, do you know what? I, I, it, it is. It doesn't, it doesn't bother me, and I'm not in the slightest bit offended. And I, look, this is another thing. You, you could open up another can of worms if you want to start talking about being offended, because people will, people will decide to be decide to be offended whether the comment was meant to be offensive or not you know so that's you know i think offense is received not not given necessarily um i'm an atheist i'm not in the slightest bit of offense i honestly couldn't you know don't 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 care at all so from that point of view you're right um but i think you know where where does it stop you know what 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 can you say you know so there has to you've got to draw a line in the sand somewhere and i think he's probably past that And, and, and he's on a warning as well wasn't he yes yes he was um yeah, I mean, he, I think looking back at it, he definitely knew what he was doing. Um, mm. Just going back to uh, you know, as as a businessman yourself, you know, you can't mm. you can't go around upsetting your customers, which is kind of you know where the PR bit came in. But the yeah. ANU is responsible for delivering rugby to a very diverse amount of people, including Polynesian people who will be supporting mm. uh, Israel Folau, who you know. Uh, Australia and New Zealand have used extensively to to improve their team. A lot of them yeah. are, are devoutly religious. A lot of them will be looking at the treatment of Israel Folau and thinking, yeah. oh, maybe, maybe this isn't for me. Yeah, I know. I don't think being religious, you're saying before, whether I was an atheist or, or whether I was a you know a, a huge Catholic or, or, or Protestant, whatever, I still think my opinion would be the same. And uh, yeah, I don't think it actually the religious view because there's religious views and then there's actually using it to, to be to, to use it to be quite aggressive um, and you know it, it, you know it, it's like everything in this world it's not often what you say it, it's it's how it's said and and how it's delivered and the nature of which it was delivered Do you know what I mean it's yeah. sort of uh, you know people get upset by how how things are done not necessarily what's been done if, if, if that makes any sense it, um, yeah, it yeah. just had a spiteful feel to it. Do you know what I mean? It yes, just kind of. I just hung it out there and just sort of said, you know, read it and weep, world. You know. Yeah, <laughs> I, I also quite enjoyed like the group, the groups which he put it with. I mean, we've all jumped on, you know, the fact that it, that it's homophobic. No one's jumped yeah. on the fact that he doesn't like people that drink or fornicate or yeah. cheat or lie or any of the other things yeah. actually. I think I ticked off a few of the boxes on that list. You know, <laughs> I think many people did. <laughs> just, uh, um, just one, just one last not, thing for you then. But not tattoos, apparently, because didn't 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 uh, Jesus or God say that tattoos should be uh, is a sin and you should be killed as well? Yeah, you you that. are you are not the first caller to mention this. So, uh, at, so the risk, uh, at, at the risk yeah. of repeating myself now, uh, just you know, just because you're in the world of business, I, I'd like to know what 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 you think on this. Why couldn't the ARU just say, look, we are pro-gay. We've done lots of uh, pro-gay things. Everyone is welcome to play rugby under us, and we'll support you in any way. However, Israel Folau is Israel Folau, and he is also entitled to his uh, personal religious beliefs. Is is it not something amazingly intolerant uh, about not letting him do that? Yes, and again, I think this comes back to sort of... um the way in, in which it was done, 
You know, he, he, it's not like someone asked him, if he was asked a question, you know, what are your religious beliefs? And he then said, oh, well, since you're asking, I happen to think this. It was sort of an, un, it came from nowhere. It was, un, um, what, what's it called? It was unsort of solicited. It was, it, it was sort of needless and it was all active. There was nothing passive about it. It, it. There was no reaction. It was all just proaction, him making his statement. And I just think it was, it was, it's aggressive, isn't it? It's harmless. I mean, nothing's actually happened. Yeah, no one's been hurt. Actually, I mean, that, that, that's no, what that's I, what I mean. It, it, is, it is a victimless, um, I was going to use the word crime, it's not even a crime, no. it is a victimless attack uh, or a victimless statement. But it goes back to my thing. If, if someone walked up to me and said, I think you're an effing a-hole and, you know, I, I, you know and, and, and I'm the boss or whatever, it's like, well, am I allowed to sack that person because they, they said something outrageous? I think I probably am, I'd say. Um, it's never happened, but you know, you, you have to say, mm, yeah, maybe the ARU have used, there's probably some small print in the contract that they, they, they can sack him, not for specifically given religious views, which are, you know, controversial. It might be something to do with code of ethics and all that sort of thing. I'm sure they've got their lawyers uh, onto the case for that. But, yeah. Um, I, I mean, I, my, my view here is that the ethics work mostly one way, and that is the yeah. ethics that the ARU believe in rather than some people in yeah. the Christian faith, which, you know, I, yeah. don't, I don't think is, is, is particularly tolerant. Yeah. To answer your question, to answer your question, could the ARU have sort of been a little bit more um, uh, sort of resilient? You know, I, I think you know, just ignore it. You know, the best way to deal with these things is to not sort of give it the attention. You know, you don't want to fan the flames. But I think they've probably done the, the, the work. Uh, you know, the, the less of the two evils. They could have done nothing at all, yeah. and this would have been his second offence. And they would have said, well, you know, we don't think it's our position to get involved in people's religion. They, they, they could have gone down that line, which is one. And I think probably some people, probably a smaller percentage would have said, you know, that's very mature from the IRU. They don't get involved. They're all about the sport. They judge sport people on their results, not by their religious views. And, you know, Israel Falau certainly did not response. He's probably, if not definitely, their best player. The second idea would be, do you know what? We need to do something here. And I think they probably that's probably more of a right decision than doing nothing at all on balance. You know, you're not going to please all of the people all the time, but I think on balance, because it's a second offense, I think there are more people and I'm, I'm not including, you know, extreme offensive or snowflakes or people that are hard, right. You know, with these views, just your general average Joe blogs, if there's such a thing, I think, as a percentage, I think more people will think that the ARU have done the right thing than the other way around. So from a, from a PR point of view, they've definitely done the right thing. And I think from a common sense point of view, I think they probably have as well, on balance. I can see the arguments for against it, but I think, you know, if, yeah, I think they probably have. It's, it's like the KP thing, do you remember? With the England cricket team? You know, oh, yes. it's, it's, you know, and, I, you know, let's not get on to, uh, you know, Smith and Warner with the whole cheating of the cricket team. You know, there, there is a code of ethics. Um, and they all kind of fit into the same thing. You know, there are certain things you should do as a world-class sportsman and an employee of an international organisation. There are some things you do and there are some things you don't. And I think he's uh, strongly got two feet in the camp of doing things he shouldn't. That's my belief. But, yeah, well, yeah. I can tell you right now, your first option for the ARU sounds like my sort of panacea. Just do, just do your jobs and everything will be fine. Uh, talk, talk, yeah. Talking of doing jobs, do you think uh, Quinns will do their job and you'll finish top four? Oh. Well, I've looked at the odds. We're, we're, the, the bookies are saying Queens are going to finish fourth, but only just. I think Sale 
what's your running? Sorry, your running because obviously I'm completely neutral. But if I was to remember our running, running, we've got Bristol, we've got Worcester, and we've got some and Bath at home. So you're probably going to pick up eight to ten points, maybe eight nine points from that. About that, about that, I would say that would be, that, that would be par. Twins have got Leicester. They'll win that. I think we should win. We'll probably be a probably be a four pointer against Northampton. Quinn's to get four points. Northampton to get one. You know, or, or, you know, we could lose. We could thrash them. But I think on balance, we've got a pretty strong team. We've got too many injuries. Well, uh, I- yes, I, I think Quinn's are probably more likely to finish fourth than not. But um, Quinns are really good at uh, stuffing up at the end of the season. They're yeah. really good at it. Absolutely. Well, hear, hear me now. Believe me later. Sales finished fourth. Charles, thank you so thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Not at all, JP. All the best. Cheers, matey. Bye bye. Cheers, mate. Bye bye. Right. Well, another thank you to Charles there for calling in. Uh, now I'm joined by someone who's actually a bit more of an expert on things. Uh, ben, who runs the account Rugby Rugby and the Law, is that correct, Ben? Yeah, that's right. Rugby and the Law. Um, Twitter account of the blog rugbyandthelaw.com yeah, with, law blog. with what I must say are some quite insightful articles so uh, so, so, so well done on that and hopefully you can put me right on a few things or at least educate me <laughs> cheers um, so just going from the start, start now Ben um, what exactly do you think of the situation that Israel Falau has found, found himself in both morally and then just turn it on its head slightly and go with legally yeah sure um, well, I mean, for me, you know, any sort of hate, spreading of hateful views isn't really on. And so I think from a moral perspective, you know, I can see why. I can see why um, there's been so much outrage. I think it's justified. I think someone in his position shouldn't be using his his quite considerable platform to spread those sort of, um, those sort of views in, in today's society. I think, you know, if you look at the, Contrast with Sonny Bill Williams, he's someone who uses his religious beliefs um, to spread tolerance and, and, and acceptance and things like that. And I think that that's the route to go down, not not the hate hate inciting, I suppose, uh, approach you, that Palau seems to take. Do you think that there's any possibility, perhaps, that Sonny Bill is just just basically better managed? Maybe he does have views which don't exactly conform with modern society, but he's wise enough not to put them out there. Yeah, for sure, and I think that's that's the key key distinction, probably both morally and and legally, mm-hmm. is that you know you're, you're, everyone's entitled to think what they like. You know, we can all we can all think whatever, but especially if you're in the public eye. But generally, it, it's about when you choose to express them and how you choose to express those views. Um, and and if you do express your views, then, then you you may well um, have to sort of deal with the consequences of that. Do you not think though that an individual should be able to express their views? Just like anyone else, regardless of the size or size of their platform, because ultimately, you know, when you meet these rugby players, um, what you effectively uh, learn immediately is, well, they're basically just not just normal blokes. They just happen to be good at catching and running with a ball. Yeah, of course, of course. But I think the, the key distinction is what you said is that when when they have this sort of public platform, and inevitably, sports stars in in today's age have this. Um, public image they have public responsibilities they're very accessible especially now in the age of social media and i think that brings um brings with it new responsibilities and i think in the same way that you wouldn't expect um that sort of behavior from i don't know um someone in a, in a public position a public official uh, 
member of parliament or, or government official, you wouldn't expect them to put that out there because they are they have this sort of public responsibility. I think I think athletes and, and other high-profile individuals have, have a similar responsibility. Why does Israel Folau not have a responsibility to his community, his religious community, to actually share these ideas? Because, you know, from my point of view, I don't think it's very fair that he's told not to. Yeah, well, I, I guess that's where the, that's where the legal um, aspect comes in. It's, ultimately, it's because he is an employee um, or, you know, he, he's in an employment relationship with... Uh, the Australian Rugby Union and and the Waratahs. Uh, I think that's that's where it distinguishes it. If it's just the, the man on the street that's not in that position, then and then or if you're not in an employment relationship, then that's not going to really matter so much. And you would be entitled to, you know, if, if you're part of that community to to spread those views amongst it. Um, but but when when you enter into an employment relationship, particularly one where there's this public sort of responsibility, which I've mentioned, yeah. that's when I think the the sort of the legal obligations um, come in, and that's where you are going to be, I suppose, not stopped from saying, well, yeah, effectively stopped from from, from expressing those views in 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 these ways. But I mean, that is, that is a bit of a shame, isn't it? Because we're not really getting to know the real player, are we? What we're getting to know is a, fa- a facade of what we want that player to be. Yeah, for sure. But um, I mean, I didn't quite hit the signal broke up a bit there. But sorry. Um, you know the facade that we do see is the facade he puts out on social media, and whether or not that that's him entirely, that's what he chooses to show us of himself. And I think that's that's the bit that that's the only thing we can judge him on is, is what he, he he puts out there. Yeah. Um, so, I, so I suppose from the from the legal perspective, then um, sort of following up on, on why we think that he has a responsibility is that I think us, uh, the Australian Rugby Union are pretty pretty justified in, in, in the stance that they've taken. I mean, it's probably worth saying that he hasn't he hasn't been dismissed yet. His contract hasn't been terminated yet. Yes. Um, they've just sort of said that they're intending to do so. And I think, you know, that, that's important to, to recognise. But, but generally speaking, employers, employers are entitled to um, dismiss their employees for, you know, misconduct. Um, obviously, they're under, certainly in English law, they're under obligation to do so fairly. Uh, and that means that, you know, the dismissal must be a reasonable response to the, the exact conduct. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. In question, and they then have to, you know, give them some fair process depending on the circumstances. And I guess that's why in that statement they put out sort of saying, um, you know, in the absence of mitigating factors or whatever it was, I guess that that implies that, you know, they haven't taken the decision yet. They're going to wait to give him yeah. a chance to, to air his side of the story, I suppose. Um, that's sort of just to, to cover themselves, I think, from that sort of procedural fairness um, aspect. So, and then, and, and then on, I so. imagine that either way, I, no matter what he says realistically, I think they've, they've clearly made up their mind. Do you think there are any mitigating circumstances that you can think of legally that Israel Folau can throw back at them? I, I can't really, no. no. I had to think about it, and I, I can't 
I mean, I guess something I'm going to come on to say is about about maybe what his challenge to their decision to, to, to get rid of him would be. But just sort of delving into the, the misconduct thing, I think it, it's really relevant that he is in the public eye. Um, you know, your average Joe, the sort of person who works in an office, if they post something you know, homophobic on, on their social media platform, perhaps that that isn't the sort of misconduct which would justify them being dismissed because it's not it's not necessarily linked to their employment. I think that's, that's the approach that the law takes. But when you have this sort of public responsibility element to your role, and, and he, you know, he's realistically Australia's best rugby player at the moment. Um, he's an international rugby icon. He's so, a superstar. You know, don't, don't, don't want to blow too much smoke um, up him, but um, you know that that is the position he takes. So I think that is sufficiently connected to his his job, if you like. And I think therefore um, that that misconduct, I suppose, would go to like contribute towards his his employment, and therefore um, justify sort of be be a reason for him being dismissed. Tell me this, just taking the conversation in a slightly different direction. Do you think think that we've built up our sports stars uh, to live up to an unrealistic standard? I mean, what is the standard that we're holding them to, I guess? I mean, I guess Um, the standard would be, you know, if you're a deeply deeply religious person um, with devout beliefs, then you 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 basically can't put your message out there. Uh, and I'm, I'm not sure that we should be building up people to be like that. I'm sure that it'd be far more healthy for everyone if their role models were flawed. Well, yeah, I, I, I see what you mean. And, and certainly, you know, I, I don't want to be in a position where everyone in the world has the same opinion on everything. And, and there's only one right way to think. I, I'm, I'm very much of that view. But I think there is a, is, there is a line to be drawn between um, views which or, or conduct which is hateful against against another group um and and i think but that mean, is, but the, I mean, hateful that isn't, is the main distinction hateful isn't a legal standard now is it hateful is a standard it, it's subjective i mean we don't even know yeah. if israel Flau does hate gay people we've just decided that we're going to attach the label of hate speak to what he said well i mean i think the fact he's saying they go to he- they will go to hell does sort of have have the necessary implication that he, he's not a big fan because well, I'm you know, just going pushed to hell back on. is a negative thing. Isn't it is, uh, yeah, it's definitely not positive, <laughs> is it? Um, no. But I would push sure. back on that and say, you know, he he plays rugby with Curtly Beale. I mean, Curtly Beale likes to drink or did like to drink. You know, just because you think something is sinful in your belief system doesn't mean that you hate that individual. And do you not think? No. You know, from a you know, basically from a public responsibility point of view, the people covering this story, the journalists and so and so on and so forth, do have a responsibility themselves to say, okay, this is wrong, but. What else has Israel Folau done? How does he treat his family? How does he treat his members of his church? How much does he give to charity? What does this look like in its entirety? And is it okay to judge someone just based on one tiny, tiny fraction of their entire life? Well, there's a few things to pick on there, but I think the distinction with, you know, drunk, drunks and other people like that and people who, who behave, I guess, less well in other aspects of their life isn't the same as, um, making homophobic remarks like sexuality or sexual orientation is something which certainly in in law is protected as a characteristic. That is mm. something that which 
the law considers to be, you know, an unchangeable thing about you, and therefore you're entitled to protection of that. Whereas, you know, if, if let's say Curly Bill, you know, he goes out and gets drunk every now and then, that's you know, that's his choice. But yeah. being being gay or, or being a part of the LGBT community in any way, that's you know, for for most people of that community, that's the way they see that it. it's not not a choice. Yeah, um, and therefore, why why should you know views views against their existence or against their way of life is is necessarily hateful because you know there's nothing they can do about it. Yeah, I, I mean, you're not going to get an argument out of me on on that one. I, I think we both agree what what he said was. Well, what he believes in just fundamentally is wrong. Yeah, I, d- exactly, I just yeah. have the problem with does you know is this disproportionate? And I think that's where where I come down on it. It's the fact that on the one hand we don't have the names of any victims that have found this incredibly offensive, and we don't know how much that has impacted their daily life, and we don't know we don't know anything really other than a potential for sure, for sure. Uh, you know, a class of potential victims. Whereas yeah. I can see quite clearly who has been harmed by Israel Falau being terminated from his contract. That's Israel Falau and his family and his reputation and, you know, uh, you know the mob against him. And it sounds like a very, very steep price to pay for, pay for me for views well, that aren't even true. Well, <laughs> well, for the two things, you know, I think, you know, the potential impact is quite large. As we said before, he is, you know, probably the face of Australian rugby at the moment, it's probably fair to say. Yeah, I agree. And I think, you know, he, he has a position inevitably, therefore, as, as a role model, uh, someone that people are going to look up to. And, and, you know, whether he likes that or not, that is the position he is in. And I think for a sport like rugby to tolerate views like that is not a position that you want to be getting into because I think rugby particularly is a sport which celebrates its diversity. You know, it's always been a game for all shapes and sizes and, and all, all people from all walks of life. Um, and I think that's that's something that they needs to champion. And I think, therefore, having someone who is, you know, at the forefront of the game, sort of um, denigrating that position is is fundamentally wrong. And 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 secondly, talking about it being, you know, whether it's a disproportionate response or whatever, this isn't the first time he's done it. He's been warned mm. um, about the repercussions and and the, the the what what the outcome would be was probably made clear to him at that time. And. And I think now, you know, he, he's he's acted in full knowledge of that and therefore is probably just going to have to deal with the consequences. Yeah, I mean, everything you said there is basically basically completely true. There, there are just two more things that I'd like to um, delve in, into here. Um, would you like to see some sort of action or do you think, you know, it is appropriate, based on what's happened to Israel Folau, that someone like Brian Moore maybe gets into a bit of hot water and loses a few jobs? Uh, because he was uh, pictured with a hammer and sickle. Now, people on Twitter have said to me, get get over this, it's not important. But to me it is. I mean, that is basically condoning a, thought, a set of ideas that's led to 100 million deaths over the last 100, year, 100 years. That, to me, is far more offensive than Israel Falau uh, posting about his, his religious beliefs that have so far harmed no one. Mm. Well, I, I, first, I don't, I don't necessarily think you can say it hasn't harmed anyone. You don't know how people interpret those views and, and how that would make them feel. But, but we but yeah, do I, I mean, know, I don't we? More... I mean, it is horrible whataboutry. I, I get that. And it's probably not an entirely fair uh, like, like for like. But we don't know. All we have for Israel Folau is a potential class of victims. Potential. Whereas with the Brian Moore t-shirt, we've got 100 million dead. 
by those sure. ideas. Well, I, I do. I, I would agree with you that that is pretty. Um, I don't know. It, it, it seems distasteful at, at, at best, really. But yeah. you know, perhaps he would say that you know that symbol isn't necessarily associated with with the death, but it's an it's an ideology um, more generally. You know, a communist ideology, I suppose. Um, whereas you know, it's not the same necessarily as wearing something like a swastika, which is only really associated with. Um, horrible genocide. Well, and, I mean, uh, the Hammond Sickle's pretty I don't know. horrible. I, I, yeah, no, I, I do agree. About, uh, but then at the same at the same time, who 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 is he employed by? Who who who's going to take action against him? You know, I, mm-hmm. I don't know what capacity he was in there. This is different um, because Falau is an employee of the Australian Rugby Union, as far as we're aware. Yeah, but I, I think the, the other sorry, just no, the, the the other interesting legal element which I was I was going to touch on was that. Um, you know his his response to this, I, I, because I think really he's got no leg to stand on in the fact that it's um, it's clearly what he said is is not is, is wrong, and therefore he's probably going to suffer the consequences. But the, the the issue might be that, or the issue he might want to raise might be that um, it could be discriminatory against him on his on the grounds of his religious belief. Um, yes, which is something that people have thrown up a little bit, and I, I think. <sighs> That there, it's only um, in terms of English law. I don't know about Australian law, but it's probably probably fairly similar. Is that you can't really say it's directly discriminatory. The reason they're they're getting rid of him or wanting to get rid of him isn't isn't because he is a, a devout Christian. It's because of his uh, the, the hateful views that he has expressed. Right? Yes. And so you know, it's not it's not directly because of his religion. Um, but maybe it is indirectly discriminatory. These are sort of, you know, the two legal terms. And indirect discrimination, you know, it's, it's more likely that he um, gets dismissed because he has religious beliefs which lead him to say X, Y, Z. Um, but indirect discrimination can, can itself be justified. And so I think the ARU are going to be in a, a good position to, to, to justify their decision either way. Um, you know, it's 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 going to be a proportionate response, as we've we've said to, to this. The religious, the religious um, discrimination argument, I think, ultimately would would fail because of that. It's not direct; it's indirect, and if it's indirect, you can justify it. Now, uh, last one for you, and I'm sorry to take you a little bit out of your wheelhouse here, because no, it, is, it isn't a legal question, but I think it's a, it's an interesting an interesting thing. A lot of people have said, look, he has got. He has got terms and conditions in his contract. He needs to stick to those. It's a PR thing. Um, there's been a lot of talk, actually, about, you know, how does this look from a corporate point of view? Very matter-of-fact. And that's fine, because I'm a fairly matter-of-fact guy. But does that not run count, uh, like counter to the fact that everybody in rugby talks about rugby values? Rugby isn't just a profit and loss-making business. It's, it, it's more than that. Yeah, yeah. For sure, I mean, we, rugby certainly likes to think it's got it holds its values pretty pretty highly and pretty strongly, and I think that's important. And that's certainly, I imagine, reflecting um, reflected in the decision of, of the Australian Rugby Union. Um, I think you know the terms of his contract and the regulations of that union will be reflective of um, rugby's values. I suppose you could say, yeah, um, of, of upholding respect, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I, I think, I think. The, the union probably will will have that in mind. I don't, you know, I don't know if they mentioned it explicitly in the statement. I can't remember, but um, I think that they do have a duty to uphold those values because that is what makes the game what it is and is what attracts people to it. 
but then of course they they do also have these corporate responsibilities and and so I think there's very much an awareness that sponsors and commercial partners etc don't want to be associated with a brand which um, whose ambassador is is going about spreading um, homophobic abuse essentially yeah yeah I mean yeah I, I think there's sort of that a dual responsibility to the sport and to their you know to their members in terms of finances I can see that too um, Ben Good. before you go uh, just give your give your Twitter account a plug and and, and also your blog and thank you for clearing up a lot of issues no no, no thanks for having me on I really appreciate the, t- the uh, opportunity um, so yeah you can find me personally on Twitter at, at Ben underscore Cisneros that's C-I-S-N-E-R-O-S uh, or my blog at Rugby and the Law, all the case. And then my blog is www.rugbyandthelaw.com. Uh, yeah, so you can find me there. Fantastic. Ben, thanks so much so much for, for your time. Really appreciate it. Thanks very much. Cheers, JB. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye. Wow, that was really quite interesting. Uh, right, so let's have a look who I've got next. Wow! Uh, wow! Twitter seems to be go- seems to be exploding. So um, yeah, we've got another five or six. Qu- five or six. Qu- okay, we're going to do two more, and then we'll leave it at that. So let's give this one a go. Right, my next caller is Johnny McGinty. Johnny, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Yourself? Yes, good, thank you. Uh, a little bit of a different accent to, to everyone that we've had so far. What, uh, where are you calling from? <laughs> from Fife. Oh right! Uh, which uh, which team are you, are you either playing for or, or supporting now? Uh, play for Howrah Fife. Um, and I'm a Glasgow fan. Hey, nothing wrong with being a, being a Glasgow fan. An incredibly <laughs> incredibly well run team. Sorry, say again. Yeah, they are. Yeah. I said they're it is right here. All my teammates are Edinburgh fans. So. Oh right, well yeah, <laughs> and also you didn't have a great time da- down at Saracens. No, no, I am. Um, I actually went to watch Edinburgh instead of watching Glasgow. Did you really? I should admit it. Yeah, so I, I basically, like, um, we, it's me and my wife that normally go to the games, and we, when the quarterfinals came out, I, we looked at it and thought, we could spend 500 quid in <laughs> London, watch Glasgow get slippered and come home, or we could we could probably go and watch the best game of the round and it's half an hour down the road. So we did, we did that instead. Yeah, and actually the sad thing is, Exactly that happened. They went down down Saracens and they got slippered. And that five hundred pound yes. probably got you a couple of rounds. <laughs> yes, exactly. So um, you know, it's quite it's quite possible that your team or any team at the moment could be signing uh, could be signing I- uh, uh, Israel Falau because he no longer has a job, or at least I don't think he's going to have a job very shortly. What's your take on the whole situation? Um. It's not going to win any internet hot takes, I'm afraid. Ooh, gone. <laughs> but I've seen a lot of people. You know, there's people who are holding the ARU up as this is a brilliant thing that they've done, and they shouldn't stand for this attitude. And as many people saying they shouldn't be silenced for of his opinions and blah blah blah. But basically, he he signed a contract where he knew what the ARU's social media policy was, and he knew that was part of his contract. And then he breached the the social media policy so he breached his contract so he's fired for breach of contract I don't think it's got anything to do with what he said or how he said it you know it's really interesting a a lot of people on on Twitter and I think the previous callers as well they all seem to be rather caught up with the contract and you know the contract law aspect of it and to me it doesn't really matter that much because rugby is a game of values is it the contract law and the contract side that that upsets you most about this I say upsets you bothers you most sorry 
Um, to be honest, I'm I'm not hugely bothered by it either way. Mm-hmm. I think I think it's a it's a lot more straightforward than, than a lot of people seem to think it is. That's like my whenever I've been on Twitter today and looking at, at the way people have reacted uh, to me, I'm, I'm a bit like it's a bit more straightforward than what everybody seems to think it is. Like he's been fired for doing something that his contract explicitly explicitly said he couldn't. So everybody who's saying that the ARU are, are standing up for LGBT rights and, and standing well, up for marginalised people, I think, I think I don't think they are. Yeah, I mean, I think actually, I'll, I'll come back to that in a second. I, as I understand it, that one of the tweets that was going around today is he basically put that on Instagram in response to trans athletes, I think, playing play, playing rugby. I don't know how true that is. I'll have to source it. Um, but yeah, sorry, what were you saying? You don't think that they're standing up for LGBT rights? I, I don't think that that's their motivation. I, I think their motivation is that he's breached his contract. And they, like he's been he's been warned already for basically the same thing, and I think that, that their position is more you, that he can't repeatedly do something that they've contractually told him he can't do. Yeah, I just don't think it's fair in the first place to give him that give him to give him that option. To, uh, to be honest, no, and like, the thing is, because I actually saw I don't know whether it was you or it was somebody somebody else who had said that, and. I guess my kind of opinion on that is he he signed a new contract a year ago, two years ago, yes, and, and he had he had offers, so he could have chosen any. He could have come to, could have got sale where he might have yeah, been able to say apparently sale were linked. He could have gone to France where he definitely can do whatever he wants, really, as long as he's playing <laughs> yeah. But but he chose that contract, knowing full well that that was in the contract. They didn't force him. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I do like, understand. He had contract offers that probably had different grades of of, of behaviour clauses or social media clauses or whatever. And the one that he chose for whatever reason, whether it's the money or the chance to play for Australia, whatever it was that was his motivation, he chose that contract knowing that was in the contract and he signed it anyway. Yeah, I do agree with that. I 100% agree with that. Here's the contract, here's your terms and conditions, do you want to sign it? But I think if exactly. you, looked at, you know, looked at it slightly broader terms I mean you do not become religious well I don't know actually I, d- I don't know his situation but I assume you don't become religious by just picking up a book and saying oh right actually I, I quite like this I think you become religious because you're part of a community you go to church that church is rooted in your local area and then I think like well what choice does he have I mean if this is really that important to him he can't just uproot and go to France because you know he'll leave behind everything which he values and that's kind of where I am with this, which is... Yeah, that, that's a really good point, actually. And, I, and to be honest, I hadn't really considered that. I guess because for the last little while, I've been thinking there's kind of parallels between him and I guess a little bit of what Colin Kaepernick's experiencing at the same time. Okay, I'd be interested to know the comparison there. Go on. Well, well he's, if the rumours are to be believed, Kaepernick's had contract offers in the NFL that have been dependent on him signing a contract saying... I will stand for the national anthem and hasn't signed them. Oh, is that right? So, well, that's that. I mean, it's a rumor. Okay, it, it's it's all kind of rumors. But that, I mean, that comes down to he knows that he can't possibly do that because he's so committed to kneeling to that for the anthem that he won't sign a contract saying I will stand for the anthem. And and Falau must know when he signed his contract that one of the things he was agreeing to was 
not to post that sort of content on social media. Yeah, that... But he's signed anyway. That's interesting. So I guess the, the parallel there would be, you know, you put him in a situation where you can't possibly win. There is an unfair expectation on, on that player. What else about this case bothers you? Um, one thing that, that did, that I think it's hard to kind of put it into words, if Pocock hadn't been on a sabbatical, I'd be interested to know if, if his contract would be terminated. Because all the stuff that he did on his sabbatical, um, to like cheering himself to login machines and, and standing up for gay marriage and things like that, if you hold similar beliefs to what Falau does, then what Pocock is doing and saying is every bit as controversial as what Falau is. Exactly. It's it's all relative. Uh, it's all relative. And this will be the third time that I've said this on this podcast today, which is I just don't understand why the ARU couldn't say, yeah, we are for gay rights, but Izzy is Izzy and he's entitled to his beliefs. Now, can we all, mo- can we all, all, all move on? At least we all know where we stand there. At least we can have an open and honest conversation about these things, knowing exactly what people think. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, would, make, that would make sense. I guess... I don't know how Falau could do it because it's not the same sort of situation as where Pocock was going out and campaigning things. But, but Pocock was not under contract by the ARU when he was doing it. I think the, the problem is that, that he's done things that probably breached their social media policy, but he did it by stepping away from the game to do it. Mm. Do you know Whereas what? Falau is under contract and he knew that he couldn't do that and did it anyway. Do you know one of the biggest things that bothers me about this whole thing? It's the fact that. You never change anyone's mind by calling them an idiot or punishing them or doing anything like like that. You 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 change people's minds by exposing them to different people, and particularly for Israel Falau, it wouldn't be that hard to to expose him to the local gay community or have someone come and talk to him. I don't know. Maybe they or you have tried, tried this. I, I simply don't know. But if we want to actually change his mind because we think it's dangerous, I don't think think it's dangerous dangerous by the way but we do think it's dangerous this is probably the worst way to do it because not only are you punishing him and he won't change his mind it sort of legitimizes people who hold the same views but think oh well you know i'll keep it quiet they still hold the views you're still not changing it changing anyone's mind yeah no i would think i would agree with that definitely it's i think it's it's been badly handled by both sides I think would be because the ARU could definitely have done a better job but as much as, as they put Falau in a position that was kind of untenable because they made well, they offered him a contract saying he can do all of these things and knowing he's probably going to do them Falau's put them in a very similar position because he knew his contract said he couldn't do it and he did it anyway. Yeah, and I think, do you know what? Uh, I've said this before, so last, my last caller, the more I look at this case now, the more I am certain that when Israel Israel Falau posted that tweet, sorry, that Instagram post, he knew exactly what he was doing because he's been very, very um, quiet for a long time now. So obviously the warning has sunk in. Whatever the reason was, he decided to do it. He knew what he was doing and it was, it, it, it was a calculated risk. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't think Salah's a stupid guy. All these people saying that, oh, he's an idiot, and then and you shouldn't be saying these things, and he shouldn't be holding these beliefs. Well, for the start, so he can hold whatever beliefs he wants. That's a fairly fundamental right. But at the same time, I don't think he posted these things and it, and is then going, oh, I don't understand why everyone's so annoyed. I think he knows he knew fine well that everyone's going to be annoyed. Yeah, 
Yeah, completely agree. Um, Now, time to annoy some of your fellow Pro 14 fans. Um, How do you think Glasgow are going to finish off this season? Do you think think you're going to win the competition? Yes. I I think we can win. I think think once we get to the the knockouts, I think anyone can win because it comes down to one game. And Glasgow have got the team to do it. It just depends who we catch and what day we catch them on. If we, if we catch Leinster in a Pro 14 final in the same sort of ways we caught Saracens in the, the Champions Cup quarters, they're probably too strong. Yeah. But you never know when it comes down to one game. Yeah, do you know what? Leinster are an absolute aberration. If you take Leinster out of the Pro 14, anyone except for you know the really bad teams, anyone can win it. Lit- literally. You put, 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 Len- put, put Leinster in there, well... You know, they could win the Premiership, they could win the Pro 14. I mean, they are they are that good, they sort of distort everything. Yeah. Oh, yeah, without a doubt, they're, they're a class above anybody else. Anybody who supports any Pro 14 team will know, because you can go, if you ask the Irish provinces, you can go in between Christmas and New Year and get Leinster's third team, and it's a Pro 14 starting level team. So. <laughs> yeah, and they'd put about well, 60... Well, a difficult one. Yeah, and uh, yeah, the the Leinster th- the third team had put about six, 60 points on the Dragons' first team. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's the way it is. Uh, right, well, thank you so th- thank you so much for calling in. Re- uh, really do appreciate the chat. No problem, thank you very much. Cheers, mate. Bye-bye. Cheers, bye. Oh, right, OK. Um, yeah, so look at Twitter. Uh, this will be my last one. Apologies to all you who have DM'd in. Uh, I'm not going to get around to doing it. I will message you all in uh, individually and apologise for that. Uh, but yeah, we'll phone our last caller and we'll call it a night then. Uh, um. Okay, uh, this is our last call. Uh, I'm joined by Phil. Phil, how are you? I'm very well, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Phil, where, where are you calling from? Uh, Wolverhampton. Oh, wow. Have you ever been to the nightclub, Cheekies? No, actually. I don't think I have. <laughs> oh, well, so I've, I had some friends that were down at Northampton. Uh, sorry, at North, Northampton. Wolverhampton. Mm-hmm. Uh, and all they used to talk about was the, was the, night, was the, was the nightclub Cheekies. So it sounds like, it sounds like you're missing out. Do a Cheeky Monkey? Oh, I know that one. I've got no idea. I can't imagine there's a Cheekies and a Cheeky Monkey in, uh, in the same town. So perhaps... Uh, tell, tell me this. Uh, are you still playing? Do you do you support anyone? Uh, yeah, uh, season season holder at Worcester. Oh wow! So uh, yeah. you'll be looking forward to this week's game. I, I guess you think you can take some points off, off Sale Sharks. Yeah, yeah. Um, interesting that we talk about such a you know a game with a neutral as yourself. But um, yeah, yeah, I'm very neutral on this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I think it's uh, the the last sort of games we've got. I think it's probably our best chance of some points. Um, but given the fact that it's at home, I've got a bit of a, a theory that we'll take points um, with Saris as well, which sounds crazy. But I do think with where that is in the season, if they get through <clears throat> to the um, Champions Cup final, I do think it may give them a little bit of leeway to rotate if they've got what they want in the playoffs Ooh, as well. So. Well, do you want to know a secret about about Worcester? Very much so. They they don't rotate. They strictly do not rotate. So unless well, I listen, yeah, with Darren Barry, I yeah, to that it's a good piece. So um, yeah, I don't think they're gonna. I don't think that they're gonna do that. I think they're gonna go hell for leather from now until till the end of the season. Tell me, do, do you think this is the best Worcester team that that you've seen in some time? Yeah, hundred percent. If we'd have had this team three years ago, I think we'd have been 
you know, in the conversation for top six. Um, but I'm sort of a, an advocate of being quite happy away from the top six. If you look what's happened to Newcastle, you can peak too soon and then end up sort of right back where you started the following season. So I'm sort of a fan of, you know, uh, slower development, but I just, we haven't been able to do that. And I think the DOR situation has probably been the, um, the cause of a lot of that. Yeah, it's difficult. I'm with you. I'm with you 100. percent I think this is the best Worcester team you've had. I don't know, maybe 10 years or so. I mean, they are a really mm-hmm. good bench of lads, but it just speaks to the, you know, to the competitiveness of the Premiership that they are where they are. It's it's crazy. 100. percent And um, to be fair, I think it's probably a controversial opinion among our, our fans. Um, Alan Solomon doesn't necessarily inspire a hell of a lot within me I think he's good don't get me wrong um, but I never really see the fire from from him that I'd expect from someone who's trying to get a team fired up to battle relegation that, yeah, yeah. I mean I, I do think he's a weird choice he is. He certainly isn't an inspired choice allegedly no. he's very good very good in the changing rooms very uh, uh, very good talker but you know I think mm. he'd have been perfect for the Leicester job personally just for one year get them out get, mm. them, get them out of this mess I think you're right Worcester needs someone much more dynamic than uh, than Alan Solomon's. So there again, he's not doing a bad job. He's not, and I think the um, from to my understanding, I think the uh, the plan is for Rory Duncan to take over afterwards, which would be quite um, I'd be quite up for rather than searching to try and find someone else who's kind of part of the culture we're building already. So I'd be quite happy with that. Yeah, I, I mean, we will get talking about real things in a second, but yeah, the one thing that I, I, I like about Worcester is like you win a few games and that stadium is rocking. I mean, it's only a small stadium, hmm. but you seem to get, but you seem to fill it. 100%. When we played Leicester, when Tom Howe went over that winning try, the place erupted. I bet it um, did. Oh, God. It was, yeah, it was one of those moments this season. Like, again, like when Heem scored the try against Bath, um, after the well, 12th scrum, it was, you know, the place has got potential. It's just sometimes it can get a little bit quiet in there. Um, I think we just need to be a bit more consistent as fans as well to help them out sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I, I guess the burning question of the day is, would you be welcoming Israel for louder six ways? Right. I've, right. Yeah. As long as we kept him locked in the cathedral, lighting candles or whatever he wants to do, and then wheeled him out 20 minutes before the game started, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know, the ARU, I, I, I think their best approach to all this would have been to have paid Israel Flowers pasta as much money as possible to preach that social media is evil. Yeah. I think that's <laughs> Yeah. Um, I mean, to be fair, I, I think... Yeah, in my opinion, I think he should still have a, a job um, anyway. I think it's a bit of an overreaction in terms of him having to look for somewhere new to play. Yeah. I really do. Yeah, I, I completely, I completely agree. And uh, yeah, unfortunately for you, you're like the last of last of the callers. So I, I feel like I've kind of got gone over everything. But it's mm. it's a mixture. It's a mixture of you, you know. First of all, it's not fair to make him you know to put him in this situation and make him make that choice. I also think there's an element now of you can you can be a sports star, but you better be the sort of sports star that a certain section of the population like. You know, you are forced into this sort of uh, like cookie cutter mold, and not everyone can live up to those expectations because ultimately he's just there to catch, kick, and run. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, for me, I think it feeds into the, to kind of a sign of the times, really, um, with the. 
sort of mob mentality that happens on social media, the amount of people that have called for him to be sacked. I mean, it, it's very reminiscent of when, you know, I mean, I think it's happened in, not on a huge fan of it, but someone in Emmerdale's been taken down for a tweet she did a few years ago and <laughs> you know, things like that. I think it's like the Kevin Hart Oscar things. There's, there's so much history with everyone now. I mean, where does it stop? You know, I mean, I, I had Twitter probably 16 so I probably tweeted some really, really like stupid stuff. Does that mean if my employer goes back into my Twitter, they should sack me for something I did when I was sixteen? I'm not sure where that where that stops. So I think it's a bit of um, I don't know, a damning indictment of, of where we are really. Um, to not to be too sort of dramatic about it, as a society where we can kind of go, that's your opinion, but I don't like it. Delete and deplatform people and sack. I just think it's a little bit too far. Yeah, it is. What would you say to someone who is gay re- re- reading that? Would you not be concerned that basically the ARU and Israel Folau are not taking these these issues of diversity seriously? Yeah, I think it's a fair challenge. Um, you know, uh, it's not um, something that I'm exposed to particularly regularly, um, but I can understand it from from their point of view, and I understand that it's um, horrible to read, things like that. Um, but, you know, for me, I think from an ARU point of view, docking him a couple of months' wages and maybe, I'm not sure, um, a, a lengthy ban was probably, you know, enough to kind of say, because nothing really happened last time he did it. So, not, not to this extent. So, punishing him and kind of a three-strike rule, maybe. I just, my, my main point of um, contention with it is how many people that wanted him sacked watched Tyson Fury fight Deontay Wilder? <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably quite a few. And, and, you know, and it's interesting, you know, the Tyson Fury um, incident is really interesting because he said those things. And mm-hmm. then it turns out that, you know, he's had all sorts of mental health issues, this this um uh this that and the other and i kind of think you know if you are putting out stuff which is so outrageous maybe we as you know a rugby community should step back a second and say um perhaps this guy needs more support than we originally than, than we originally thought potentially potentially um i mean if <laughs> i'm i wasn't a follower of um easy flow at all like on, on social media before this um, purely as I'm not that into super rugby as a general rule. Mm. But um, going back onto his profile and having a look like I'm sure many people did, it's pretty much consistent, I'll give him that. Um, and it's pretty much all excerpts from the Bible. Um, and think, So I think you can tell he's fanatical about his religion. And for me, I think there's potentially, this isn't the last we've heard of it, because I think there is potential for this to go legal now and him potentially talk about discrimination based on his beliefs that he's been set. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think where this could potentially go next is looking at other Polynesian players who hold similar beliefs and are equally as religious because actually we don't understand that that culture. They, they rely on their religion far more so than us up in the UK. Absolutely. And, I mean, where does that stop then? Do we then look into everyone who liked the photo? You know, it's a slippery slope, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, completely agree. Well, do you know what? I am delighted that I have done an hour and 15 minutes talking to people about Israel Falau because I will never 
ever talk about this subject ever again now for me it is dead and buried so uh phil thank you thank you very much if you ever want to talk to me again about israel Flau, don't bother but feel free to call me about worcester warriors whenever you want yeah it'd be a pleasure thank uh, you all right mate thanks a lot Cheers, bye-bye bye right well that that's it that's well, not everyone then. That's uh, an hour of 15 phone calls, which I think is more than enough uh, on this on this topic. So thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. You can find me on Egg Chase as well. Uh, that's at Rugby Podcast on Twitter if you are so inclined to, fi- to find us. We also have a YouTube channel where you can watch us doing the podcast live. And for anyone who's... Um, sorry, for anyone who I didn't call tonight, uh, very, very, very sorry. Um, hopefully if we do one of these again, uh, I will call you. Just in relation to the show, if you've got any feedback whatsoever, just drop me a line on Twitter. If you don't want to do it publicly, DM me. I really don't don't, don't mind. But it'd be interesting to see uh, what uh, what you all think. Clearly, it's an experiment. Might, some bits might have worked, some bits might not have. But uh, yeah, let's see. Uh, let's see what you guys think. Uh, until next week, when I'll hopefully we'll be back with an interview with Toby Booth, the bath coach. Um, yeah, I will see you soon. So uh, goodbye.